This is the Midlife Motorheads Podcast. Listen in as we talk about our automotive adventures in the shop, on the road, and at the track. So climb on in, tighten those belts, and let's go for a ride. We are the Midlife Motorheads. And now, broadcasting from Motorhead Central, somewhere in the Carolinas, is the hosts of the show, Gene and Trotty. All right, welcome to episode 11 of the Midlife Motorhead podcast. On today's show, Gene and I talk some grassroots racing with our guests who dared greatly to build one of the most unique cars competing in the Champ Car Endurance Series, a Cadillac CTS. We hope you enjoyed today's episode as car owner Lee Moholman of the Daring Greatly Racing Team tells us his story of this very cool race car. So, Lee, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Excellent. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're, we're excited, as always, to have uh, someone on the show and, and talk to us about their hobby and, and what we might have in common. So, Lee, to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Uh, I live in Northwest Indiana. Uh, I Probably the easiest way to, to explain it is I am centrally located between Gingerman, um, uh, Autobahn Country Club, and I'm about three hours away from uh, Road America. So uh, I'm in a great, boss, a great spot for road racing. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. What, what, what do you do for a living? Uh, I am the service manager at a Cadillac dealership, uh, and I've worked there for 17 years now. Excellent, excellent. I, um, I just sold my ATSV. I had it for a year. It was uh, one of the best cars I've ever owned. Really enjoyed having it. Yeah, great vehicles. So how did, how did you get started with cars? Uh, I have to say uh, my dad got me started in cars. Uh, being from Indiana, uh, the Indianapolis 500 was, was something that I thought everybody went to. But uh, um, we, we went down uh, starting with the time trials. Uh, probably when I was uh, seven or eight years old, we go to the time trials uh, every year up until uh, it was probably 12, 13, and then uh, we went to a few races, and that was uh, definitely what got me hooked on, on the racing aspect of it and the speed aspect of it. After I was able to drive, uh, I ran into this guy who uh, is now my brother-in-law. Um, him and I became pretty good friends in high school. Uh, he's a few years older than me, but uh, he started doing something called autocrossing with his little Honda Civic. He had a 95 Honda Civic, uh, had a tuner exhaust on it, uh, You know, very popular for the times, um, and I, I just couldn't get enough of that car. Uh, once I was able to get my first car, which was a, a 99 Honda Civic SI, I started autocrossing and uh, continued to autocross for about 12 years uh, and then started doing the occasional track day here and there. Uh, changed the vehicles a few times, uh, went to all-wheel drive, then went to rear-wheel drive. And basically, uh, after that, uh, I, I, about five years ago, I did my first uh, endurance race, uh, wheel-to-wheel race at Gingerman, and uh, I haven't looked back since. Wow, Interesting. So you went straight from uh, autocross to endurance racing. How did you get how did you get hooked up with the, your first team? Uh, I actually found a, a guy on Facebook that was uh, advertising that he was renting seats for a World Racing League race, and, uh, and at the time it was uh, a Miata. I knew that much, uh, and I thought, okay, you know, it's, it's a car I can I can get into and I can handle, and uh, you know, it's a lot of fun to drive. Um, and then uh, when I got there, it turns out it was a, a new build. It was actually a V6. Uh, Miata. It was a Miata with a 3.5 liter Honda Odyssey engine, and uh, it was a very fast car. So you were in the World Racing League, you said, and also Champ Car. 
Uh, World, yeah, World Racing League. Uh, I, I, those were the first few races that I did, and then uh, eventually, after I built my first car, uh, my my car, I should say, my only car. But after I built my car, I ended up uh, starting a race with Champ Car. Oh, okay. Any other series? Uh, no. Uh, you know, I I also uh, you know, I, I kind of skipped a few things. I, I did do quite a few track days. Uh, I had a uh, before I built my race car, I had a, a fourteen Camaro SS one LE, uh, which I bought. Basically, just to do track-based stuff with it, um, I uh, you know it, it was it's a great car, a great great uh, you know big car, but uh, handled very well, and the, the track package really made a huge difference in that car. Um, but then after I did my first wheel-to-wheel race, uh, I just you know I didn't feel safe in that car anymore uh, after driving a car with a full roll cage, even for track days. And uh, having two kids and, and a wife, uh, I, I definitely wanted to make sure that I was as protected as I could be, and thought you know what it's time to make a jump to something that's more uh, race only with a roll cage and a fire system and, uh, you know, all the proper safety equipment. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. So, you know, kind of our motto is we got off the couch and we went and built something and went racing, but, you know, we came along, Trotty and I, we did, I did a little bit of autocrossing, a little go-kart racing, and then we started doing track days like you did. How did you make that jump from the track day to racing? Because I think there's, there's folks out there that, that would like to do this. And, and they don't know how to make that jump. How, how did you do it? Uh, so the series, at the time, World Racing League was not requiring any prior wheel-to-wheel racing experience. Uh, what they did require was some type of uh, referral from uh, uh, instructors that I may have had. And the, the nice part was a couple of the instructors that I had uh, at Gingerman Raceway through uh, CGI, which is a company that does track days. Um, you know, I stayed in touch with those people, and, and I was able to reach out to them, and they were able to write uh, – basically a lot of recommendations saying that, uh, you know, I was an advanced HPDE driver and that I was able to take the next level and that, uh, you know, I, I had, I had good track awareness and, uh, you know, thought that I'd have uh, good race craft as well. Very cool. Yeah, sounds like that's the, the key step is you, you got to do the HPDE. Yeah, definitely. Right. We also feel that, um, that anybody that wants to get into, uh, wheel to wheel racing, should go volunteer, especially with Champ Car. Uh, Gene and I did that in Charlotte uh, a year ago. Just mm-hmm. uh, just volunteered. That way you get to see what goes behind the scenes as far as the Champ Car guys go, but also all the competitors. Uh, we learned right. a lot, man. We learned a lot from I – because mean, you watch the inexperienced teams and the very experienced teams, and you just learn a lot. And, and yeah, safety. I'll even uh, – go ahead. I'm sorry. Safety is the piece there, right? So we we jumped into, you know, directly building a car and going racing, and then we volunteered. And our recommendation now is that, you know, somebody should really volunteer before they climb in the car because they, they get to understand the safety uh, aspect of you know, how to remain safe, how do you keep a pit safe, you know, how do you not get run over, start a fire, and right. those kinds of things. And um, volunteering as a pit marshal, I, I think, is just – I think it should be a requirement. Definitely. Uh, you know, I'll even take it a step further. Uh, I did uh, opportunity to work a few corners at a few races uh, as well with the SCCA. That's who I autocrossed with. And the local, uh, the SCCA road course or road race region was looking for uh, some people to work corners. And I thought, you know what, uh, I'll give it a shot. They stuck me on the corner with a, a guy who'd been doing it for 30 years, had a ton of experience. I learned so much from about road racing and, and about the officiating side of it and the, the corner working side of it. And that it's, it's made me a much better race car driver as far as paying attention to corner workers, paying attention to the corner stations, uh, 
just overall understanding of, of how the race operates. Yeah, no exactly. doubt about that. Hey, let's get into talking about what we're here for. Let's talk about the car. So you obviously know that we are running the uh, Crown Vic uh, slash Marauder because we're changing over to the Marauder platform. But Gene and I both own Cadillac CTSVs. So when we saw your car on Facebook, oh, what, more than a year ago, I guess, uh, we were quite intrigued about it. So, man, why a Cadillac? Why did you choose that car? Well, uh, I wanted to, first and foremost, build something that I really hadn't seen uh, in Champ Car or any other series. Uh, I know there's a, a couple CTSVs that race uh, SCCA club racing. Um, I know there was a, a team that was running an SCCA, uh, or excuse me, running a, a, a CTSV, a first-gen CTSV in uh, AER, um, but uh, I don't think they had very much luck with it, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I wanted something that uh, that was unique. Um you know, and being that I work at a Cadillac dealership and I have for, for so long, uh, you know, I've, I've seen these cars. I, I know what's commonly wrong with them. I know what's commonly right with them. Um, you know, and then I started putting this on paper and I thought, okay, well, here's a rear wheel drive, uh, you know, V6, uh, you can get with manual transmission. Uh, you know, it, it has a lot of weight, but it also has a lot of weight that can be taken out of it. And, uh, on paper, this car started to look like, uh, it had some serious potential. How long did it take you to build it? Uh, it took me three years to build that car, and that's uh, three years of, uh, of all kinds of, of things happening in my life. Basically, I, I took the car on as, as, as my own build. Uh, so when I, when I picked the car up, it was a running uh, 2003 CTS with a manual transmission. Uh, had the 3.2-liter uh, Katerra motor in it, which is uh, it should be called the Katerra Bull motor. Uh, it has a timing belt. Uh, it, was just a, it was just a terrible engine, unfortunately. But uh, I, I knew that everything, all the research I had done, I knew that a 3.6 would swap in there, no problem, uh, using the same subframe. So it would be a, a pretty easy swap to do a platform swap. Uh, and that's basically what I did is I made it into like a 2005, which was the first year for the 3.6 uh, with a manual transmission. But uh, I picked up the car. It was, it was a running car. Uh, it had seen better days, needed a little rust work. Um, and I started by just stripping everything out of it, uh, I mean, completely down to a shell. Uh, I'll tell you that part of it took me um, working weekends at work. Uh, work was nice enough to let me keep it in my car trailer at work, and I would pull it out on the weekends. and And uh, we made some casters for it that bolted to the, where the subframe goes, and I, I'd wheel it in and out of the trailer every weekend. And I'd spend all day at work uh, taking it apart and stripping it down and and inventorying the the parts that I knew I could sell as far as the interior goes. Uh, and then after the three months, I sent it off to the roll cage builder, uh, which took uh, a little bit longer than I'd hoped. Uh, it ended up being about a six-month uh, ordeal to get the roll cage done. But uh, I will say I'm very, very happy with how it turned out. Uh, and I feel very safe in that car if something were to happen. Well, I've only seen the pictures of it, but the attention to detail, at least in the photographs, is just amazing. Um, well, thank you. Now you, you went with the V6, you couldn't use the, uh, Corvette motor because of rules. Is that correct? Yeah. You know, the, the nice part about that car is, uh, like I said before, the subframes are all the same. So mm -hmm. the, the CTSV subframe is the same as the 3.6 liter subframe. Mm -hmm. So if I ever decided to make the switch, uh, you know, besides, uh, engine trans, um, uh, and I, I'd probably want to update the differential as well, but, uh, it's, it's a relatively, uh, pretty easy swap, uh, just going from the from the V6 to the V8. Um, I know I say that now, but <laughs> whatever happens, we'll see right. how easy it goes. But uh, yeah, with Champ Car, uh, I, I wanted to run with Champ Car uh, 
because the number one, the, the, the cost of running, um, it, the, I think the consumables will be quite a bit higher on a V8 car, uh, versus the, the V6 car. Um, you know, I've got CTSV brakes all the way around, um, that are meant for a car that, you know, was 400 horsepower that weighed uh, close to 4,000 pounds. And now I have a car that has 230 wheel horsepower and weighs 3,200 pounds. So I'm, I'm kind of overkill in the brake department, but, uh, that has not been a bad thing so far. Right. So at this point, Lee, what's the car weigh? Uh, it's, uh, it's with, uh, without driver, uh, cause I'm not gonna say how much it weighs, but <laughs> without driver, the full <laughs> tank of gas, it's, uh, it's just over 3,200 pounds. Yeah, it's not bad. I had a, um, on my CTSV, I had a rear window regulator go bad and uh, I took the door panel off and I was amazed at how heavy the door panel was. So um, it seems like there's a, a lot of weight that can come out of that car pretty easily. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I went to town and, and, and cut uh, as much out as I possibly could without affecting the you know, the structure of the car or any of the, the areas that might take an impact. Uh, I'm sure, uh, some people could look at it and say, oh, you could have taken a lot more out. But uh, I took out what I felt comfortable taking out. Yeah. So, uh, Trotty's mentioned that that your build pictures are, are phenomenal. They're, they're really nice. And uh, looks like you were doing some work at home as well. I know I built a race car in my garage in, in your typical suburban neighborhood. And my neighbors thought I was crazy. How'd your neighbors react to you building a car? Uh, you know, it's funny. A lot of, a lot of my neighbors, uh, we, so we, part of the reason it took so long to build this car is I didn't have very good garage space situation at my old house. So, uh, we ended up building a new house, uh, while I was building this race car and, uh, my awesome, completely understanding wife, uh, was very cool about letting me have a garage space strictly for, for the race car. And, uh, it has turned into a, a you know, real nice little shop for me. And, uh, I, I remember when I wheeled that car off the trailer because at that point it was still just a shell, uh, it had not been painted yet, uh, so it was kind of a off white with some primer and some repair, and uh, it was on casters. And I rolled it into the garage, and a couple of the neighbors kind of looked at me funny, and then you know then they started coming over and asking questions, and then it turned into uh, you know every couple of weeks uh, they stop by and grab a beer, and we start talking about what I've done to the car, and uh, so I've got a I've got a pretty good uh, following in the neighborhood now. That's, that's cool. fantastic. So what would you do differently on, on your next build if you had to do this again? Cause that's, that's always our, uh, our dilemma. And Trotty mentioned that, you know, we've got this crown Victoria that we're converting to a, a Mercury Marauder, um, going up an engine size, not engine size, but engine horsepower and those, those kinds of things. What would you do differently? I would, I would make it so that the fuel cell was, uh, was out of the driver compartment. Um, and you can tell by my pictures, I, I kind of want the unconventional way of mounting the fuel cell. Um, it's actually mounted in a basically uh, one by one square tube frame, and that's mounted right over top of the of the rear uh, subframe. So all the weight is right over top of the rear wheels. Uh, and the reason why I did that is because when I started building the car and I cut out the the area between the back seat and the trunk. Um, the rules, the champ car rules said that you didn't have to have all of that contained in, in metal or in steel. Um, the rules then changed during my build where they wanted every tube, including the filler tube, the vent tube, everything encased in, in metal um, if it was inside of the driver's compartment. Uh, that, that's, that's presented quite a few challenges for my build, but uh, we've, we've been able to overcome them. And uh, you know, I still feel the car is very safe. 
uh, it just, it was a lot of, uh, it, it makes it servicing, if I have to service the fuel cell, it makes it very difficult. Uh, it's a lot of work. Uh, so I, I would definitely have left that uh, area between the back seat and the trunk and moved the fuel cell to the rear of the car and then just put uh, put metal over the, the holes to, to keep a, a nice firewall there. Right, right. Lee, you know, one thing that's important for, for racing um, and, and something that Gene and I are looking uh, about getting into is, is data collection. I think that really helps the drivers. I mean, when you jump out of the car, um, unless somebody's, you know, chasing you, you really don't know exactly what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. Can you tell us a little bit about your data collection? Definitely. Uh, so I use uh, Race Capture, uh, which is a, uh, a basic company that uh, I believe they were a startup uh, a few years ago. And it is all data that either in, in my case, uh, my car is, is uh, the data system is wired into the data bus for the car. So it pulls some information from the factory ECM, uh, like throttle position. Uh, it'll pull uh, coolant temp, um, oil pressure, um, things like that. Uh, and I've also added a few sensors, uh, like oil temperature sensor, um, in, in order to be able to keep track of that stuff. Um, the nice part about their system, too, is uh, the, the Race Capture MK3, the system I run, uh, it, it will also, it will also um, transmit uh, through cellular back to uh, a cloud or a website that I can log on to. And while the car's out on track, if somebody else is driving it, I can watch all the data uh, from, from the pit stall on my laptop while, while they're out turning laps. Nice. How has it helped with, with yourself and your other drivers? Uh, well, it has been a great tool to see how much faster my brother-in-law is than I am. Uh, <laughs> so I, I can, you know, I can take, I can look at his data and I can look at his, his cornering speed. I can look at his braking speed. Um, and you can, you can basically compare two laps to one another and look and see, you know, why he was a half a second faster lap than I was. And, uh, most of the time it's, it, you know, it's just, it's one, it's one tenth here and there where he, he just he broke a little bit later, or he he rolled off the brake a little bit earlier, was able to get on the throttle a little bit earlier. Um, you know, over a, a course of a two mile track, that adds up to, to quite a bit. Uh, sometimes way over uh, a half a second. Don't you hate that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I I once had a uh, nine fourteen with a V eight in it, and it was a couple year project. And uh, a friend of mine helped me build the car, and he and I took it to an autocross uh, event, SCCA autocross event one day. And, you know, we kind of struggled with our times and a third friend um, walked up, just kind of stopped by in the middle of every, the day to just check things out. And I offered him a ride. He got in the car and laid down the fastest time of the day, just <laughs> like out of nowhere. Never saw the car, never worked on it, just got in it and laid it down. It was, it was insane. <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple of those moments uh, also. Uh, I, I raced with uh, that same V6 Miata uh, my first time at Road America, and uh, we we uh, basically ran. You know, the three of us all the three the first three drivers ran very similar laps. Uh, I'd say you know Road America is a big track, so I'd say uh, we were all within a second of each other. Uh, you know, especially for for uh, you know some of the guys that were newer, that was good. I mean, they had good track experience, but you know, under race conditions, we were all within a second of each other. Um, and then uh, out of nowhere. Uh, this gentleman by the name of Tom O'Gorman uh, steps into our car. Uh, Tom O'Gorman is a professional race car driver. Uh, to sum it up, uh, he's he's running the uh, the uh, Michelin Tire Challenge Series for a couple of years, and uh, he won the uh, the B-Spec uh, Pirelli World Challenge Series a few years back as well. 
so Tom gets in the car and ends up running, uh, I think it was like five seconds a lap faster than any one of us. Wow. And, uh, you know, the other thing too, is the fuel burn. Uh, he was able to run the car out of fuel and just over an hour where it was taking the rest of us about an hour and 35 minutes to do it, which just goes to show you how much gas he was using compared to what we were doing. Good God. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's amazing that to go out there and, and, turn a lap and feel like, you know, you've put a good lap together and, and, you know, that's, that's it. That's all I got. And then, you know, to see somebody else jump in the same exact car and, and run five seconds a lap faster, um, you know, I, I was just amazed. But on the, you know, on the other hand, we were able to take his data and look and see where he was so much faster. And of course it was everywhere, but it was the things that he did with that car. I just, you know, I hadn't, haven't gotten to that comfort level yet. So, Right. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to get there someday, but, uh, you know, I, I'm also, I'm also a realist and, you know, I, my, my number one goal is to have fun. Well, you know, Lee, it also shows you the potential of that car, right? Right. Exactly. So, yeah. It's always nice. Nice to see that. Yeah. Lee, uh, the name of your team is Daring Greatly. Tell us about your yes, team sir. and how you came up with the name. So, uh, Daring Greatly Racing came from, uh, Basically, a few years ago, uh, it was at least back in around 2015, uh, Cadillac came up with an advertising campaign, um, and it was Dare Greatly. And uh, I never put much thought into it, but at that point, that was a, another, uh, it was another uh, basically re-identification for Cadillac. Uh, they brought in a, a gentleman that used to run BMW and, and a guy that uh, basically revived Audi. And uh, he brought his marketing director with him uh, that he had had a BMW and also had an Audi. And the gentleman that came up with that that uh, slogan for Cadillac was the gentleman that came up with the uh, the BMW slogan, um, which is uh, the ultimate driving machine. So um, he he put some thought into this one. And, and uh, as we were trained on this new uh, ad campaign for Cadillac, uh, they started to break down where they got this information from. And uh, it basically came from a speech that uh, Teddy Roosevelt said, and uh, you know, basically to sum it up, his speech basically said that uh, you know he he would rather you know dare dare greatly and fail than not have tried at all. So um, that actually it was very easy to come up with a name for my team when, when we started building the car because it, it kind of you know hit hit at home when it was like you know what I, I, I've always wanted to do this I'm going to try it. Uh, you know the worst thing that can happen is it you know it doesn't work out or you know. I'd rather fail than, than not have tried at all. Yeah. Carl looks great. And um, you got your brother-in-law on your team. Uh, we saw that you had advertised that you had a couple of open seats. So you're a car builder, team owner. What do you look for in a teammate? Uh, basically, what I look for in a teammate is, is somebody that, that shares the same outlook and the same interest as I do. Um, there was a, a fellow champ car competitor that, that had written a, a statement on the champ car forum that talked about what he looks for in a teammate. And it, it hit so close to home for me that I ended up snapping a picture of it. So I have it on my phone. Uh, but basically what he said, and, and this is exactly what I look for. I just couldn't put it in words. And he, he, he was, he put it in words very well, but uh, basically he said, you know, I look for a teammate, a true teammate. He says, I, I want somebody that I can, I can ask them to do something and help the team to try to, to do the best we can for that weekend or that day or whatever the situation might be, but somebody that's not afraid to help and, and somebody that, that can, that can turn wrenches if they want to turn wrenches or somebody that if they don't feel comfortable turning wrenches uh, just needs to run and, and grab a part from the trailer or run to the parts store, whatever the situation might be, but they need to be somebody who uh, is just as enthusiastic about trying to win as the rest of us are. 
Yeah. So your your local track is uh, you say Gingerman. Yes, sir. Have you thought about going south? Will we see you oh, yeah. uh, at, at a track local to us? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping to to upgrade uh, truck and trailer uh, so that I can go a little bit further. Uh, you know, maybe next year. Um, I'm not exactly sure when, but uh, that, that is definitely the plan. Uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to, uh, I've been to Road Atlanta. I've never driven there yet, but uh, that was a very intriguing course. Uh, it looked like it'd be a ton of fun. I've got a ton of iRacing laps at, at Road Atlanta. Um, I, I did an endurance race with Road Racing League at Barber Motors, Motorsports Park. Uh, that was a phenomenal facility and, and a great track. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to, to visit some more. I'd love to, to do Daytona. I, you know, I'd, I'd love, to, love to do as many as I can. Daytona was a blast. It was a bucket list track for us, and uh, we had a lot of fun. We broke down. We we had several issues with the car, but uh, we were running at the end, and it was just just a blast. Yeah, it was. It really was. My favorite no, it, one. It, my favorite track so far has to be uh, Virginia International. That facility is just amazing. Love it there. If you get a chance to go to VIR, highly recommend it. Yeah, VIR is another one that's definitely on my bucket list. Well, we kind of segue into uh, my some quick questions, and we actually hit a couple of them already. But um, what are your goals with the team? Well, uh, you know, my goal, always number one, is, is to finish. You know, nothing better than finishing the race. Uh, I'm, I'm still fairly new at this, so to, to just the, the accomplishment of, of running a car for eight hours or two 80 hour races back to back, um, and, and finishing is, you know, that's, that's a victory in itself. Um, you know, then of course, uh, you know, try to try to stay as clean and as, as, uh, and of course, as, you know, score as high in the standings as possible. Favorite track. So far, uh, my favorite track, uh, so far is road America. Very cool. Bucket list track. Oh, bucket list track. Uh, I'd have to say, I'd have to jump over the pond and, and, uh, you know, I'd love to do spa. I'd love to do the Nurburgring someday. Very interesting. How about your best day at the track? My best day at the track uh, is it was my first ever endurance race weekend. Uh, Saturday, the, the car broke, uh, but we were able to fix it. Uh, started the race on Sunday uh, with only fourth gear, and, uh, and this was in the V6 Miata. And we managed to run all day with only fourth gear gingermen. And we ended up winning the race overall. And uh, again, just to give you an idea of how fast that car was. Um, and of course, the, the car count wasn't real high for that event. Uh, I'm sure that helped quite a bit as well. That, uh, you know, just the fact that uh, we were able to run the entire track in fourth gear and, and uh, basically uh, almost lap the field, it was, uh, it was quite the accomplishment. Um, and of course, I, I was the one that got to take the checkered flag in my very first race weekend. So, that was also a, a pretty, uh, pretty exciting thing to see everybody come out to the wall and take the checker and uh, give the thumbs up as we as we drove by. Yeah, no doubt that is a great feeling. I'm sure we kind of had a similar situation, wasn't with Champ Car? We actually uh, we broke our transmission. Well, that was what our second transmission, Gene. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> we broke our transmission and we uh, we did a a lemons race um, at a track that's local to us, uh, CMP Carolina Motorsports Park. Uh, mm-hmm. just, just for fun, we're actually showing a little support for the, uh, USMC racing team. Uh, they run a crown Vic and, uh, we did the same thing. We ran around there in fourth gear. Uh, I think we finished, I don't know what, like 20th or something like that, I believe, but it, it was a lot of fun. So we know where you're coming from. Would love to have a victory. Oh, yeah. 
So, well, Lee, can you give advice to someone that is thinking about their first track cars? So, you know, it's our tagline, get off the couch, go build something. What advice would you give them? Uh, I would say do your homework. Um, you know, that's that's what I did before I started building this car. And, and it said, you know, I kind of wrote everything down on paper. And uh, this car uh, looked on paper like it was going to be, uh, you know, possibly competitive in, in champ car. And uh, granted, it said I've only ran one champ car race so far. And, and uh, I'll, I'll run two this year. Uh, my, my first race this year is actually coming up next week in a gingerman. So, uh, but yeah, do your research and, uh you know, get, like you said, get out and volunteer. Uh, volu- even even if you can find a race team to volunteer with and to, to crew for, and so you can see what it takes to, to do an endurance race and, and see the the problems that you're going to have, uh, or the problems you might have, or the problems you won't have. It's it's uh, you know it, it can be quite a it can be quite an emotional roller coaster. But uh, yeah, definitely do your homework and uh, and and go to the track and observe and volunteer and. Uh, I'd say that's probably a good place to start. Perfect. Lee, we've talked a lot about your, your uh, postings on, on Facebook. How does someone find you if they want to look at your pictures? Uh, well, I have a, I have a Facebook page of uh, Daring Greatly Racing. If you were to look up that on Facebook, uh, it should be pretty easy to find. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, uh, Daring Greatly Racing. And then uh, I have a, my, I actually did something that uh, most people don't do. Um, and the main reason why I did this, uh, not to go on a long story here, but um, you know, it was hard to find a lot of good information on a build uh, when I built my car. So when I started to build my car, um, I actually posted my build thread on the Champ Car Forum, um, and it's uh, it's got quite a few hits. The last time I looked, I think it's uh, it's probably one of their more popular threads, at least in the in the that section. Uh, there's um, I, I don't remember what the number is off the top of my head, but uh, there's there's definitely a few thousand views of, of that uh, build thread. But it basically takes it from the very beginning all the way up until my first race at Gingerman and uh, kind of goes over what we did to the car and what we changed in the car. And um, it was uh, something that I wanted to do so that somebody that wants to jump into this can look at it and say, well, I, I can do that. So um, hopefully it, it inspires somebody else to, to build a car as well. Perfect. Well, Lee, we're, we're, we're kind of out of time. So we, uh, we do appreciate you joining us. You, you intrigued us for quite a while and, and, uh, as we follow along with your build, we're, we're Cadillac enthusiasts ourselves, and uh, we do appreciate your time jumping on with us and, and giving us your perspective. Well, Gene Strati, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, and again, uh, it's, it's an honor, and uh, I hope I run you guys to track sometime soon. Sounds great. Thank you for downloading and subscribing to the Midlife Motorhead Podcast. Make sure to check out our main website at midlifemotorheads.com and all our social outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.